Mindfulness Mode 452. It's only when we feel good about ourselves are we complimentary to people. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. I have a free resource for you, and it is called Waves of Content. It's a way that you can become more relaxed and more content, obviously. All you have to do is download it for free at mindfulnessmode.com slash waves of content. And today I have a good friend with me. He is so inspiring to me and I hope he's inspiring to you too. I'm sure he will be. He's all about fitness. He's all about health and he's got a challenge that he is going to offer at the end. And if you listen right to the end of the episode, he has offered a special discount on this challenge so you'll want to stay with the episode right until the very end sit back relax and enjoy today's episode with rob dion this is going to be so much fun hey rob are you in mindfulness mode today I am in full-blown mindfulness mode, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm super excited to chat with you. Uh, you're, I love your show, and, and, uh, and, I, and I am privileged to be here. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is Rob Dion from Open Sky Fitness, and he has Open Sky Fitness podcast, mm-hmm. which if you've heard it, you won't forget it because it is so awesome. It's just great. He digs right in, and he has lots of laughs, and uh, it's just real. That's what it is. Yeah, it's well, absolutely real. Hopefully, they get a, a sense of that from our conversation today. I think they will. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, well, I might as well start with this. Are you in mindfulness mode, Rob? I am in mindfulness mode. I feel like right now there should be a sound effect. It's like, twing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Rob Dion. He's a podcaster. He's a lifestyle and fitness expert, and he's based out of LA. He's the host, like I said, of Open Sky Fitness Podcast, and he specializes in helping busy people create time, both physically and mentally, to make the best quality of life they possibly can for themselves and their family. And I mean, this is something that we're all seeking. We all want the best quality life we possibly can. And Rob can help you do that. You might have heard him uh, online because he's all over social media. He's all over uh, different places. He's uh, on the he's been on different podcasts. And uh, anyway, we're just going to dig right in and talk about mindset, mindfulness, and all this and how it applies to what you do, Rob. So, mm. so yeah, tell us, what does mindset mean to you when you start, you know, helping people try to lose weight or get fit or feel better? What's, what's the mindset piece? Well, you know, a lot of people are so attached to the, the end result, the goal, right? And something that, a conversation that we have quite a bit on our show, but also with my clientele is, is the goal is one aspect of it. And, and whenever people are searching for fitness online or nutrition online, it's usually with a goal in mind, right? They want to lose 20 pounds. They want to put on so much muscle mass. They want to get fit for their wedding, whatever it is. And so the, the goal becomes almost like this blinders thought process where uh, they're no longer thinking about what is happening in the peripheral. It's only what's in front of them. So we like to have a conversation not only about the goal, but also the intention that's attached to it. If you, have an, if you have a specific goal, let's say a good example I find is like say you have a goal and you're going on a hike and your goal is to reach the top of that mountain, right? Right. 
what's your intention when you take that hike? Is it to enjoy the process, to smell the roses, to meet people along the way, to actually experience the hike itself, or is it just to get to the top? And so many people, they approach their fitness and their health that way. They approach it by a mad dash to the finish line, losing 20 pounds, and then, but there's no experience and learning along the way. There's no joy. There's no process. So what I try to do whenever I'm trying to coach people or, you know, even the listeners of our show, I'm trying to help them understand that this, that life's a journey, right? It's about the process, not necessarily just the result. So trying to keep your eye on the ball of the intention rather than just the goal keeps you in a, in a, in a place of presence. And whenever you're talking about mindfulness, right, you're going to ask me that question once you're, you know, what's your definition of mindfulness? A lot of it comes down to being really, truly present with where you are right now in the moment and then being open to the things and the opportunities that are there for you rather than trying to push forward constantly and, and not necessarily being present to what's happening in the moment. So is that why uh, so many people don't keep the weight off or they don't stay on the fitness path that they, because, because they're not really thinking about the journey? Well, they're not thinking about the journey, but they're also not creating a lifestyle. The lifestyle is the journey, right? You've discovered so much over these last two decades of your journey in mindfulness and your own personal health journey, your business, everything has a process. Everything takes time to kind of learn. We can learn. So how many times we, we, you and I have met at conferences and, and, and people are constantly learning. We're absorbing all this information on, our, on such a fast express level than we've ever, that, that we've ever had before in history, but we're not learning anything. We're just, we're just taking it in like these machines, but nothing's actually getting applied. So if we actually slow down Take, take the opportunity to apply the things that we're learning and imp implant it into our lifestyle, not just shove it in for eight weeks or a month or, or a six months or whatever it is until we reach our goal, but actually really take the time to apply it and learn it and, and, and make it kind of apart and intertwined into our personal lifestyle. Then and only then will it actually last forever, right? Or last for a duration of time. So if we're just in, and this is really, this is what's so interesting to me because I feel, I find that so many people when they're, um, when they're taking on something new and it could be business too, cause you can have a business coach, right? You coach people in their business that you can, you can have a very specific thing. One of the, one of the big things in business, you know, in the last five years was webinars, right? So oh, many yeah. webinar gurus out there yeah. and people are just trying to get everyone to do a webinar. But there's so many other aspects of your business that need to be in place in order for the infrastructure to be built for you to feel like actually not only not only do a good webinar, but actually reap the benefits of the good webinar, right? So the health and the fitness actually have the same exact – I love comparing business and health because I, I think there's such a parallel um, because if you're not, if you're not um, intertwining – let's an, – an example would be like nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just following a nutrition program like the ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, or you're doing an Atkins diet or some kind of like, I don't know, cayenne pepper diet, whatever, all of these different diets, <laughs> yeah. which they all serve a purpose. If you're just shoving that into the current crazy lifestyle that you already have, something has to move out of the way. And usually that's like time with your friends or time with your family or work will suffer. Things will suffer because you're shoving that into something where there's no space for it yet. Right. And eventually... You have to then make time for those other things again. Your wife gets pissed at you. Your, your friends get pissed at you. You're, you're, you're starting to fall behind in work because you're focusing so much on this thing that you'd actually never really intertwined into your life. You just shoved it into your life. 
So eventually what happens is that thing, and usually it's our health, gets pushed to the edge of the table until eventually it falls off the edge of the table and it's gone for six months, a year. We gain 20, 30 pounds back. Oh, and then we call, we call Rob and we go, what do I do? You know? And so it's this constant yo-yo and we're on a hamster wheel of trying to be healthy. And that's the, usually the path for most people. And so the way that I work, I think, and I, and I hope for my clients is quite different, which is trying to really understand, get them to understand what they're doing and how this works in their lifestyle and not try to make, you know, them do so much so fast, but actually try to intertwine it. So there's some stuff that's going to stick. It's not all going to stick forever, just, you know, that quickly, but some stuff will stick and that's what we want. And then more stuff will stick and more stuff will stick. And then two years goes by. And the next thing you know, you're actually, you're at the weight you want to be and you don't even think about it. It's just the way your life is. Right. So you've got a routine and you've got a way of doing things and you just kind yeah. of do them automatically. It's a, you're an autopilot, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the secret to it. Nobody wants that secret because it's not sexy. Right. Yeah. But it's, but you know, there are, there are like, you can fast forward some of it, right? We're going to talk about like, I have an eight week challenge, but the thing that I think is different from my eight week challenge and a lot of other eight week challenges is that I have a community built into it. I have uh, very specific habits that I'm trying to get people to adhere to, which is like drinking water and eating vegetables. Oh my God. Could you imagine eating vegetables on a regular basis? Nope. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But for yes. a lot of people, they don't. You're so, you'd right? be so surprised how many people don't even eat one vegetable a day. Oh, Not wow. even one vegetable yeah. a day. Yeah. They just, they hate vegetables. And a lot mm. of it comes down to family and where that came from. And, you know, my mom never knew how to cook a vegetable. And so yeah. I never got into vegetables. And so yeah. there's a, there's, there's quite a bit of like old habits to break, but new habits to form. And so I think that if you take that process and you start to really break it down, that's where the true value comes in. And that's where you can really, really see results. Let's say, Rob, that two people are waiting to talk to you and, and you you uh, know that they both want to get fit. You, they both want to be more healthy and get their mm -hmm. life together. And then you sit down with the first one and you have this conversation and you, you chat with them for half an hour. And then you sit down with the second one and you look into their eye and you have this conversation and you tell them some of your philosophies and stuff. And then when you're finished, one of them, you think that person is going to nail it. I know yeah. that if, if, if that person signs up with me we're gonna have success it's gonna be awesome but mm -hmm. the second person you're thinking to yourself you know what it's never gonna happen tell me what is the difference that's in that good. conversation in those two people i love that question that's a really interesting question and and i'll tell you why because we get those people all the time the people that will never succeed are you know I talk to them all the time, not even on a professional level, but I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the different, the, 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 what's similar. Uh, whenever I go home for the holidays or whenever I go to a holiday party and people say, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a, I'm a health and wellness coach. Uh, I do, I do personal training. I do nutrition, uh, nutritional coaching. I do, I do, um, a bunch of, uh, you know, I, I work with people on lifestyle. Right. And so this is, you know, that's what I do. And they go, Oh wow. Okay. Uh, and then they start listing off all the things that they do. And they say, well, I work out this many times a week. I, you know, I eat this, I eat that and I, and I'm doing great and all of this stuff. And, but the, what they're looking for is validation of what they're already doing. Right. Those people will fail. Oh, really? Every time every time because they're not coming at it from a from a student's point of view they're coming at it from i'm already i already have it figured out i just want you to tell me that I, what i'm doing is right. perfect right meanwhile they're 40 pounds overweight and they're struggling and they're not happy and they're you know and they're depressed and they have all these other things but they just want the validation that what they're doing is right mm. so there's a lot of pushback 
Um, the people that will succeed and that I know will succeed are the people that are willing to be vulnerable. And so, and, and so a lot of the early conversations that I have, especially when I have an onboarding one-on-one client or even actually uh, something new that Devin and I, my wife, who's a holistic nutrition counselor, uh, she's also a co-host on my show. She's fantastic. Uh, she's, we do an episode every other week on our show that's a coaching call. And so we have one of the listeners of our show call in. And they fill out a form. They have to fill out like a health history form. And they basically tell us everything that, you know, all their goals, all their health stuff and everything. And we jump on a phone call with them for an hour. And I highly recommend anybody that's interested in kind of seeing what I do and what my, my wife and I do on a coaching level, we open the door. We want people to know exactly how we work because it's it's I think that's where the true value comes in. Um, we don't want to hide anything. So what what we do is we dig and we dig and we dig. And unless we find out truly why somebody wants to be healthy, like what is that driving force behind it? Like uh, a good one is I had a, I had a client of mine whose dad passed away at 49 years old. Wow. Not my client, my, my client's dad. He was yeah. in his 20s. His dad passed away at 49 years old or maybe he was in his teens when it happened. He held his dad until he died. His dad died of a heart attack right in front of him and just like dropped dead, held his dad until he was, until, you know, his, he just saw the light go. And it was it was just, um, it, it was this eye-opening moment at, right when he turned 40. It didn't click until he turned 40. Uh-huh. And he has kids of his own. And then all of a sudden, he next thing he knows, I, I'm only nine years away from where my dad died. And I'm on the same exact path my dad is on. Right. And then you start diving into that conversation and what that means to him. And then you start, and then, and then somebody, and then what they're doing, what each individual person is doing and the choices they're making I can hold a mirror up and I go, see, this is, you're on that same path. So if we take this path, it can be different. And then they're more, they're much more open to trying something new. And, and it's just this, it's just this willingness to change. And just like mindfulness, it's like, you have to be, if you can't quiet your mind down and actually listen to what's happening to you, you're not going to change. It's going to be the same thing. You can ignore it as much as you want. You can play play music really loud. You can listen to, not that we don't want people to listen to podcasts, but you can listen to podcasts like this and think that you're learning and absorbing over and over again. But until you start applying the message to yourself and really start taking action and 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 on a daily basis, not just not just like once a week when you listen, not just like you know once a month, but actually on a daily basis, start applying the things that you actually know will have an impact on your health and your wellness and your life and your love and your relationships and, and all the things that are important to you. So you start taking action on them on a day to day basis, not much change is going to happen for you. And that's the conversation I like to have. That's the kind of transition I like to have for my clients and with my clients, because then I'm like, I'm all in on them. That's how I finish almost every single call. If I, I, if, if I don't want to work with somebody, I'll say, you know what? It sounds like you have a lot of good good ideas on what you want to do. Um, I don't know that I'm the right person to take you there because it's not something that I'm passionate about. But, you know, I think that you can definitely get there. And usually that's people who want to do men's physique competitions or women's physique competitions or I just want to drop 20 pounds. That's, you know, that's not exciting for me. Is if, if they're not getting to the root of why they want to lose the tw- why it's important, like their father passing away or they, they have some, some, something really deep down why they really want this for themselves. If they can't get to that, then I'll usually take a pass. But then if they can get to it, I'm then excited. I'm so excited because it means that this conversation is going to be like how when you and I talked last week on my show, it's like I can tell when somebody's open and vulnerable. And I'm like, 
boom, my heart opens up and I'm ready to give as much as I can possibly give. And then that's, that's what keeps, gets me kind of really excited. As you can kind of see, I get yeah. amped. I get amped about this kind of thing. I know you do. And I jump right into their corner. I'm their, I'm their coach. I'm in their corner, texting all the time, finding out what they're doing. I'm super excited to, 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 to like keep them on path and they will trip and fall and I will help pick them up and they will trip and fall and I'll help pick them up because that's life. You're, nobody's operating on a straight line. It's about the process. Like we just yeah. said, it's not about the end result. Stop focusing on the end result. Focus on just what's right in front of you right now. And you're going to see, you're going to see the results. They're going to come. It's just a product of the process. And Rob, so. speaking of being excited, tell me about a, a client of yours that you are so excited about. Somebody that has really made a transition, made headway, and you can tell us about their, their journey. I had, so, okay. So we're going to talk about, oops, sorry. So we're going to talk about a SkyFit challenge thing that I, that I have. The way, the way this kind of came about was crazy. So um, I have the podcast. Um, I posted on the podcast that I was interested in creating this kind of eight-week challenge, but not like the standard, you know, here's the, here's the eight-week challenge. It was very community, very, you know, habits-based, this whole entire, like it was, it was an all-encompassing conversation. And I posted about it in my uh, podcast group on Facebook. And I got, uh, I got this, I got like a, an, a request from this guy, Peter. And so he, I set up a phone call and I wanted to, I, every single person, when I started this thing, I wanted to get on a phone call with him. It's the same exact conversation. I turned people down. I had people who were calling me to be in this thing. And I was, you're not right for this. I would say, this is not right for you. You're not ready. Or, you know, I don't think that this kind of community is going to be helpful for you. Um, but I got a phone call or I jumped on this like coaching call for this guy, talked for about a half an hour in the first five, not two minutes. He's, uh, I'm like, uh, I'm like, Peter, great to, uh, great to meet you. Yada, yada. I'm really excited. And he says, Rob, it's Pete. And I, I'm like, Pete who? And he says his last name. I'm not going to say his last name here, yeah, yeah. but he says his last name. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Pete and I went to grade school together, junior high together, high school together. He wow. was always overweight uh, as a kid. He, he, we wrestled together on the same wrestling team. He was, you know, he was always the heavyweight wrestler. So yeah. he always struggled with his weight a bit. Anyway, he's been listening to my show for the last like three years. Wow. A constant week to week listener of the show. Wow. Never knew that he was a listener. Anyway, he says, I mean, I, I heard you talking about this challenge that you're doing. Uh, I really believe in what Devin and you are doing. I want to be a part of this. Can I? And he was one of the first people. Signs up for this thing. Within eight weeks, he lost 30 pounds. And he wow. was blown away by his uh, lifestyle change. It wasn't just about dieting. He goes, Rob, I've never, first of all, I've never lost weight this fast. Second of all, I've never lost weight this fast that easily. It's uh -huh. not, I'm not like, I'm not starving myself. I'm eating more food than I've, than I thought I would ever be able to eat when I'm trying to lose weight. I'm working out only 20 minutes a day at the most. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, I have more energy, all these great things that are coming along. And that was the first eight weeks. And then we've been doing it. And now, you know, he's been, he's dropped like, the 40 pounds, the next week, eight week challenge. I mean, not 40, but you know, 10 more pounds, the next eight week challenge. And the weight just keeps coming off because it's about the process, uh, you know? And so that was a really cool thing for me because I had, a, I got to have an impact on somebody that I've known. He and I were in reading class in seventh, wow. in like seventh or eighth grade. Um, we were like, you know, we just, we've always known each other. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favorites. And my first client ever lost 100 pounds in the first in the first month. I mean, in the first month, in the first year, that would be amazing. I'm amazing. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can get you down 100 pounds in a month. Um, well, you actually are amazing, Rob. 
<laughs> but but it was you know the thing is is that I think the thing the difference between me and potentially most trainers that you know get started as trainers is that um, I'm not looking for I know that diet plans are effective and helpful I know that workout plans are effective and helpful I I just know that they're only a very small piece of the puzzle yeah. and the further along I get into this uh, into this into this you know uh, career and this lifestyle uh, and you know with my clientele the further along I get the more I realize that's why I wanted to talk to you on my show the more I realize it's it's so small of a piece the workouts. In fact, I tell my clients all the time, you don't need me, honestly, as a, as a fitness coach. If you want to lose weight, you don't need me. You don't have to hire me as a fitness coach. You just, you wait, I'll tell you what to eat and you can literally go do it. My next door neighbor, here's a fun story. My next door neighbor heard me talking about fitness. He saw me building my gym in my garage, comes over, says, hey, do you, ever, do you mind? I'm getting married in like six months. Would you mind giving me, you know, some advice? I said, come to the house. I'll, I'll show you, I'll give you a workout to do. I'll just give you a very basic workout to do. You just do that three days a week from now until the wedding. Uh-huh. He, was a, he was a fairly beginner workout, you know, uh, fitness guy. Do that same workout from now until the wedding. Here's what I want you to eat. I gave him, I gave him a very specific, you know, kind of very, like a paleo. I have actually, I have something, a paleo diet, like a seven-day paleo reset that, uh, that, I, that, I, that is totally free. Actually, that's a, that's a website too. Seven-day paleo reset, if anybody wants that. They can go okay. and download that for free. Um, and I gave it- Sevendaypaleoreset.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's, you could type in the number or, you know, by number or by the word, uh, seven day paleo reset.com and you'll get, you can get free access to that. And it, it's, it's delivered through Facebook messenger. Um, but anyway, I gave him the PDF. I'm not even kidding you. One, one conversation with this guy for about an hour. Um, he went off and did it. He lost, he lost 35 pounds for his wedding. He was killed. He killed it. Like he had to constantly ha- had to constantly have his suit adjusted because it kept getting too big. <laughs> it was like, and, and I, I never worked out with him. I, I mean, I only taught him the exercises and then told him to go do it on his own. And he just, he did it. And that's the thing. Like you ask me, like, what's the difference between somebody who there has to be a really strong why now mm-hmm. I would not have been all that interested to work with him just on his wedding, like, mm-hmm. and on a, on a, like on a three day a week basis, because it's just that. And then I know after that, he's probably going to go back, but right. he learned so much in that six week, in that six months. He learned so much about himself and like what it really takes. And it was, and he kept sending me text messages with updates of his feet on a scale saying, I can't believe I lost another two pounds or three pounds this week. I'm not even, all I'm doing is just eating real food. And it was that simple. I'm just eating real food. I stopped eating tortillas and I stopped eating rice and I stopped eating, you know, like fried rice and things like that. And like fast foods. And I just started eating whole foods and real food and the weight just started falling off. Yeah. It's not that. That part of it's not that complicated. The, the real complicated question is, why are you not doing it if it's that simple? That's the question. Uh, that's a great question. And the fact is, uh, it is simple. We, but we just don't do it, a lot of us. Right. Right. Yeah. Why? Why? And then that's the interesting conversation. That is, because is it the marketing? Is it what we see when we walk in that grocery store and everything's packaged and everything's, you know, the snacks, they put them right out there in your face and all this kind of thing. Is that the reason or is it just because, you know, we are not making the decision, Mm -hmm. the decision that you just talked about? Yeah, I think that you, I think you're right. I think that there's definitely a big part of this and that's education, right? People walk into the supermarket, they see a package, which should be the first kind of, you know, indicator that it's not healthy if it's in a package, right? But the package says heart healthy or 
you know, 100 calories or uh, fat free or like they have all these little marketing, you know, words that they like to use and phrases that like to use that most people kind of like to operate from. It just makes life easy. That's fat free. Boom. It makes us feel good. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 100 calories. Oh, great. Boom. That's a great snack. You know, all of these different things. And it's usually, you know, it's usually Oreo cookies that this, this serving is only hundred calories. Boom. I can only have this many calories. Oh, this is, you know, this is, this packaging is a fat free cake. Oh, perfect. You know, but meanwhile, (laughs) it's loaded with sugar. Right. So it's like, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing to me that people fall for this, but I, I also forget like my, my mom falls for this. My, yeah. my, all of my sisters fall for this. Sure, I mean, I've yeah. been d- doing this for, you know, since I was 30 years old. I'm 40. I'm shit. How old am I? I'm 42 years old now. <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, this is, this is the journey. You know, you start yeah. on that journey and you kind of learn a little bit as you go and you yeah. get better and better and better. And you know, you learn to spot your weaknesses and other people's weaknesses. And you start to see trends of people doing the same exact thing over and over again. And sometimes you get so far down the line that you forget that people still are at the beginning of the, they're at the beginning of their journey. And then that's, yeah. that's where, you know, that's where you hope that they make that right turn. Rob, I want to know what you were like as a little kid, you know, a little seven-year-old kid where you like, hey, kids, come on over here. Come on over here. I got to tell you something. I got to talk to you about, you know, we could all do better with our fitness. You know, I can just see you. You're just so inspiring. <laughs> well, what were you truly like as a little kid, Rob? Uh, I don't know that I was ever really, I, I was never, okay, well, first of all, I was, I liked I, I was definitely a sports kid. I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't a team player though. I, I migrated towards swimming. And I migrated towards wrestling as, as a sport. Uh, my mom signed me up for, for baseball and soccer. Couldn't stand it. Didn't, not that I didn't understand it. I just, I just didn't like it. I just didn't, didn't like, like playing on team sports. I liked being kind of on my own in terms of the, the, the competitiveness, competing against one other person. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was more interesting to me. And I felt like it was much more kind of technical. But, any, but as a kid, I, didn't, I, ate, I ate junk food. My, oh, yeah. my parents were... my. My wife, Devin, introduced me basically to eating fresh vegetables on a regular basis. Most of the vegetables that we had, we had some fresh, fresh vegetables as a kid growing up, but my, it was mostly canned spinach. We never made fresh spinach, um, frozen broccoli, frozen peas, like fr- frozen everything basically. My mother would warm them up in the microwave or they would steam, she would steam it on the stovetop and it was yeah. never like sauteed with, you know, with, uh, or roasted, never vegetables were done that way. The only thing that my mother likes to do is put garlic on everything, which is hilarious. So she'll steam something and then like, and then throw some garlic in there with olive oil and like swish, swish it around. Um, yeah. but as a, you know, I, I, um, I had four older sisters. I think I was just struggling to kind of keep my head up, you know, and, uh, and stay, you know, stay, you know, I guess heard and, and, and visible to the family, you know, even though I was the only boy. So that gave me a little bit of leverage over my sister who was only a year older and she was, you know, she was the fourth girl. So that was, that was, I know a struggle for her, but, um, but yeah, I I just, you know, here's something that there's, there's certain discoveries we make in our life. Right. And and this is why, this is why mindfulness is really important. Um, I made a discovery about myself that, um, I believed for a really long time that I didn't deserve to be successful at anything. Um, really? And yeah. And I, well, it was a lesson that I had taught myself, right? We, we have these, we create these lessons in our lives, whether they're real or not, um, that basically define who we are. Right. So something that I had decided very early line that early on is that no matter how hard I work, I will always fail. Whether mm-hmm. it be my career, my, my health, my relationships, whatever. Um, I will always fail. And I learned that lesson 
from the time I was five years old to the time I was 12 years old, my mother uh, introduced, she, she sent a picture of the five of us, me and my four uh -huh. sisters, to an agent, uh, a commercial agent named Chickie's Kids in, on Long Island, right? So my mom gets a letter back saying that they're interested in meeting the boy, the only boy, right? And so out of the entire family, this five-year-old little boy goes off and, you know, starts going into Manhattan, which is like an hour and 20-minute ride from where I grew up on Long Island to mm -hmm. New York on a regular basis. I would go into Manhattan um, sometimes once a week, sometimes once a month, but from the time I was five years old until I was 12 years old, so seven years. For seven years, I never booked a job. For seven years, from five till 12, where most of my confidence levels, most of my, uh, my decision-making, a, like, a lot of my personal development was between five and 12 years old, right? So how I felt about myself was created from that. So on a constant basis, my mother, who didn't know any better, and I don't judge her for that, but didn't know any better, just took her son, who was, you know, going in for something that's very anxiety provoking. I, you know, to be, to, to hope that somebody likes you enough to actually hire you, right, right. Is a reflection of who you are as a person. So to go in there for these auditions and then not be picked and then not be picked and not be picked. Um, my mother never, um, thought to say, you, do you want to continue to do this? Never thought to ask to say, well, you know what? We're not booking. Maybe we should take some classes or maybe we should learn how to be better. But my mother did it the way she thought she should do it. Says they don't know what they're talking about. You're awesome. You're amazing. And so that's the way my mother thought to do it. And so what that created in myself was I have this, I have to be awesome. I have to be amazing. But however, the reality of it is, is I'm not, I'm not those things because those people aren't telling me that I am. Nobody else is validating that besides my mother. So I never really trusted her opinion on me anymore. I just kind of had this thing that I tried. I needed to reach that level of being awesome and great and like the best in my mother's eyes. But I never really was able to really truly believe that deep down inside of me because nothing else was validating that actual opinion. So how did you shake that mindset later? Well, it, what happened was at 12 years old, I booked the job. Oh, you did. Okay. I, I finally booked a job for JC Penney's and it was the worst experience ever. Oh, really? It was, there was the, 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 the photographer was mean, the, 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 whoever, like the clients were mean, the girl that I was cast with as like my, as my co-host in, in photography was not very nice. And it was the worst experience ever. And I was just like, this is what I waited seven years for. And so I think I, I literally think on the way home, I told my mom, I think I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, okay, it was that easy. Like I just told her I didn't want to do it anymore. She was like, okay, she didn't push me to continue. So I stopped doing it. And, and then it turns out that at the age of 18 years old, I felt, I, 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 didn't, know, I didn't know how to kind of create, like, a, do, like digest anything or process anything emotionally. So I ended up actually going back to acting as oh. a kid from 18 years old because I wanted to experience an emotion. I was so shut off that I wanted to experience an emotion. So from the time I was 18 years old until I was 28, no, 29 or 30 years old, I focused on being an actor. And, and that process was really interesting because it really showed me that I am shut off to so many of my emotions. And once I transitioned out of that and my wife, Devin, she started going to psychoanalysis around that time because she had some stuff that she needed need to deal with. She said to me, she's like, you know, you might want to think about doing some kind of therapy and, and, you know, and digging into some of the stuff that you're, you're struggling with. And I did. And that's when all of this, see, the thing is, is that 
I might know that I don't have, I don't have the ability to tap in to some emotions, right? Or I might know that I have this tendency to not believe in myself. Mm -hmm. But unless I know where that's coming from, unless I know how to kind of uh, navigate those thoughts now, right? In the, in the current moment, then I will never be able to kind of break that habit. And so now how did I, you asked like, how did I stop that process of like thinking that way? Yes. Years and years and years of a process uh-huh. of realizing, wait a second. I had an, I had an experience one time where somebody called me, a client called me, he was telling about this amazing trainer that he had met that was like really amazing and, and had all these different followers on social media and all this stuff. And immediately I started feeling bad about myself. I started oh. just like judging myself for not having the, all the things that this other guy had. And I was on the, I was on the road when I, when I, when this phone call came in and I actually got off the phone, pulled over to the side of the road and I go, what am I doing right now? I'm literally berating myself with negative, negative thoughts. I'm destroying myself from the inside and, and, and unvalidating, if that's a word, every single thing that I, that I've ever created and built because I'm comparing myself now to somebody else. And that immediately makes me, you know, less than. So right. all of those, all of those conversations, I needed to spot that in real time. What I would have done in the past was I would have gone into this state of depression. I would have believed that thought process right. and I would have really started beating myself up. And so if I, and then if I allow that process to happen over and over again, then there's like spans of a month or two months or six months. And this is what people deal with. They deal, they deal with depression and anxiety for months on months on end. They can't figure out why can I not break this cycle? And then all of a sudden it, it kind of breaks and they, they, they say, this is how I am. I just, I go into depression for a few months and then I'm able to bounce back out of it. No, it's not, it's not because that's, that's your process now, but it's only because you're not really paying attention to what sent you there in the first place. You don't, you're not tuned in to what created that spiral out of control. And that's, that's the thing that I think that I got really good at, not only for myself, because I still am firing off on finding all the things that, that create that negative thought spiral, but I'm really good at spotting that in other people. I'm wow. That's where my, you know, like people talk about like, what's your superpower? I'm, I, I, I can see that almost immediately in people when I, when I dive in for the first coaching call and you can listen to it, any of the coaching calls on my podcast, that's my, I'm like, I zone right in on that. And I'm like, here's what you're doing. And it's not because that's exactly what I've done, but I know when someone is really hurt and they can't, they can't, they can't kind of get to the heart of why they're hurt and, and what's creating the, the negative thought process for them. And so were you, were you ever bullied? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell, yeah, I was tell us about that. Do you have a story you can share with us about that? Where, where mindfulness maybe would have made a difference? I, yes, but okay. So when I was, uh, when I went into ninth grade, um, I was senior, I was, I was student council president in ninth grade, right? Mm-hmm. Seventh grade to ninth grade. I was very popular. I felt like my, 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 my kind of school career was budding, right? I was, yeah. uh, actually it was in eighth grade at the end of eighth grade that somebody came up to me and said, you're super popular. You should, you should try to be student council president. And I was like, really? I am? They're like, yeah, you, you'll win. If you do it, you'll win. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, so I went and I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm very ambitious like that. So like I started like making posters and, you know, putting uh, postcards in people's lockers and stuff. And, and, you know, and I, and I did, I won, I won, I became student council president. I, re- I didn't really do anything with it. Unfortunately, I look back and I'm like, wow, I really squandered that, that, that opportunity. But anyway, um, that was ninth grade. Then 10th grade, I went into, I went to uh, high school and I was immediately a small fish in a big pond. And because I think I was an outgoing kid, 
I was, you know, uh, I, I was, I didn't really, I had four older sisters that had, I, so they were all like 10 years old, like six, eight, and 10 years older than me. So I was used to kind of like talking to people that were a little more, you know, older. Sure. For, sure. The, for lack of a better, you know, description. So the way in which I interacted with some of these kids, like I was being, I was being slightly bullied and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I, and so basically I would push back. I would mm. push back really hard. But unfortunately, I was really small comparatively to a lot of these kids. Okay. And I remember specifically, flash forward from 10th grade to, uh, to senior year, my prom, walking from the buffet to my table, I was approached by three kids who said they were going to kick the living Shiite out of me that night um, that I needed to watch my back. And I just looked at them and I go, guys, it's prom. What's the problem? Don't you just want to have a good time? And they like, and they just were like, you were going to kick, you know, like they, they get into this whole thing, very long Island. And so I just like, I turned around I'm like, I wasn't scared because I just, I just, I, I figured they were blowing smoke. And I also had a, a circle of friends that were with me. So I was like, I don't know, but why, why is this happening? And so I, you know, I, I just, I experienced that quite a bit in high school. Um, and I think that it did eat away at me. And you talk about the mindfulness and, and would that have helped me? <sighs> I think that mindfulness at a young age when, you, when you're being bullied doesn't come from your inner conversation. It comes from the conversation your parents teach you how to have. Right. That's a good point. And you as a kid, your, 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 your inner child conversation is developed by conversations your parents teach you how to, to have and, and how you basically break down a situation. Mm -hmm. If you're just told that you're great and that you're awesome, that's not enough. That's process. not going to help you. Yeah. That's not going to, that's not going to take you to that next level. It's not going to basically get you through that, that fear, that anxiety. I'm awesome. Why do these people not like me? You know, that's not the way to do it. But if there was, if there was a healthier conversation that my parents were capable and I love my parents, you know, they're great, but they just weren't necessarily there that way. They didn't understand never like I, 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 my, you know, like my parents never were just like, Hey Rob, so how was your day? Tell me about what's going on with you. And then we're like deep in my eyes looking and going like trying to see how I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Never did that happen. And it's still kind of, unfortunately it doesn't, it still doesn't happen. Mm. And so I, you know, now I, I'm very particular about how I, friendships I create. I'm very particular about the conversations I'm willing to have. I don't want to like, I don't want surface stuff. I want really strong, strong, deep conversations because that's, that's, I think, much more, much more rewarding to me. And so when we're talking about bullying, if let's say my daughter, Charlie, starts to get bullied, you know, mm -hmm. there's a protection aspect to it as a parent, right? So it's like if it's really, truly bullying where there's, it's out of control, a parent might have to step in. Sure. But also allowing, you know, allowing Charlie as a, as a young adult to, you know, process this and, and, and let her understand, like you talked about on my show, usually bullying isn't about you being, there's something wrong with you. It's usually about something that, that the bully is not happy with in themselves. Exactly. And so don't take that personally. It's not a reflection of you. And so there's, there's that mindfulness of understanding that as a kid. And if as a kid, you can see it, you can, kind of navigate that situation. I have clients that are bullies and I, and, and in the beginning I was being bullied slightly by them. Mm. And I'm like, and, and at first I'm like, I'm very defensive. I'm pulled back. And then I'm like, wait a second, they're bullying because in the way in the, which they attract, they're not like, high, like, you know, 
you know, kids on the playground bully, but sure. like as adults, cause there's a lot of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. We know them in the political market these days and, you know, in the yeah. U S quite a bit. Yeah. Right. So people yeah. that push like to push people around. And so if you can see that in someone and then immediately go, wait a second, bullying is a byproduct of someone's insecurities. Always, always. There's never a reason to bully unless you're not secure with yourself. You, I totally agree. You need to make somebody else feel bad because then that will in turn make you feel good. Yeah. So as, as a, someone who's logical about that and can see that and not take the bullying personally because it means nothing about me, then, then what's it, what is it about them that they're insecure about? And once you understand that about them, you give it to them. You give them that thing that they are looking for. I love those glasses. Wow, you are like, you are a big guy. Like you do work out a lot. Give them the thing that they want. They just want to feel good about themselves and right. they're going to start to like you rather than going, you're an, you're a douche. You're, I hate you. I don't yeah. like you. You're, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to amount to anything that just feeds into their, yeah, of course it does. what's, what's happening inside their mind. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to do because we don't want to like the bully. We don't want to be friends with the bully, but it's really the only way to keep the bully at bay. Yeah, I totally agree. Rob, as we move forward, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this. Who's one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? My wife, hands down. Makes me yeah. stop and think. Yeah, I figured you'd probably say that. Number two, how has mindfulness affected your emotions? You talked about it a bit already. It makes me present. It, it, it makes me not, it makes me observe the emotions I'm having and then actually dissecting why I'm having them rather than just letting those emotions control me. Tell us about breathing. How is that part of your mindfulness? Well, one of the first steps that you learn when you're, when you're learning how to meditate is actually focus on your breath. Yeah. Because the breath is your connection to the moment. And so if you really, truly want to zone out of everything else that's around you, close your eyes and just listen to your breathing. And that's, that's, that's one of the most impactful things you can do. It sure is. Uh, is there a book? that you recommend that's related somehow to mindfulness or mindset? You know, <laughs> I don't have any specific books. Yeah. I do have, you know, I do have a recommendation that people allow themselves to be taken. If, if you can't be someone who takes yourself to mindfulness and I don't, I don't know that I don't, I mean, I'm sure that a book could get you there in a sense for some people, but I think mm -hmm. that you need to place yourself in a, in a, in a, in a physical place that addresses mindfulness and makes you be mindful. So whether that be like uh, taking a class in meditation, actually going to it and, and doing it, or a weekend getaway. I did something, I went to a Spirit Rock in Northern California that was a four day silent meditation. And for the first 24 hours, I thought I was gonna go crazy. And then, and then that moment broke where I realized <sighs> I can breathe and I'm like, present with what's happening in the world, I realize how fast everything's moving and how I'm trying to keep up. And that's not necessarily the best thing for me. So that's, I mean, I don't know, a, a book, I'm sure there's a million of them, but I don't necessarily read books on mindfulness as but much. That's as good advice. That's yeah. good advice, Rob. Yeah. And uh, what about an app? Are there any apps you recommend to your clients or that your clients use or that you use that can help? Yeah, I do. I like, uh, I like Headspace uh, and I like, uh, which actually I, I show, I joined it for a year. It was expensive, but I joined it for a year and then, uh, and then I, and then I canceled my subscription and I started just using Insight Timer and there's a woman on there. And actually I wish that I had, uh, I had mentioned this earlier because, or I had, I had just looked up her name earlier and I wonder if it'll pop up for my thing. If I pop, if I just go check it out. Uh, she's, 
my favorite. Uh, I, huh? I want to say it's like Juliana something. Um, she does this love podcast, uh, love one that's meditation. That's it just, I don't know. I, it just makes, it constantly reminds me of like, of like loving myself. And that's something that I, that I struggle with. Right. And I think that a lot of people that struggle with, you can't, you talked about, and it, and it, it actually, it's, it's interesting because there's, I guess there's two philosophies and, and one's European, you know, or English, the difference between, and this is an acting thing. The difference between English actors and American actors is English actors start from the outside in and the American actors start from the inside out. And, you know, as a, they, they start to get, they, they work on the physical character. Now, this is more maybe classical theater stuff. Sure. They work on the physical character. But American actors, we were the creators of, like, the method, right? And, like, Meisner, right. where we're, like, coming out. It's exu- it's coming out of us. And then there's, like, people like Dustin Hoffman and Marlon Brando who are really developing the, the, the emotion from within. It bubbles out and creates the character, right? right. And, I, and I really do believe that if you, if you seek outside for love, in order to give yourself back love, it's going to be a longer road. If you can figure out how to love yourself, which is still a long road, if you figure out how to love yourself, it's going to be much easier to love others and give that love back. It's only when we feel good about ourselves are we complimentary to people. Are we more giving to people? It's, that's because we feel good. And that it was like, I'm not losing anything by giving more because I already am full. And, it's, and if you could just keep filling yourself up with that personal self-love, it, it, it bubbles out and then you can express it to others. And then that's what attracts other people to you. And that's what makes you, you know, kind of a person that people want to be around. Such great advice. Such great advice. It's so great to know that all we have to do is go to openskyfitness.com mm-hmm. and we can connect with you. We can check out and you've got a challenge. You, you mentioned it earlier in the show. You've got a challenge that that you put out there. Tell us about that. That's right. Um, the challenge is uh, it's called SkyFit Challenge, right? Open Sky Fitness, SkyFit Challenge. It, it's an eight week challenge. It's all body weight. Um, it does. It does include nutrition advice. It does include nutrition planning. It has a cookbook. It has uh, all the workouts like I said are body weight they're 20 minutes or less some of the workouts are only 10 minutes uh you could do them in your living room you could do them on the go you can do them on vacation whatever um as i mentioned that guy pete lost 30 pounds in eight weeks the first time he did it and um what i do what we do we were doing this about a year and a half ago we started or two years ago and then i had my baby and then mm-hmm. I had Charlie and life got yeah. a little hectic, right? You got to be mindful of what's yeah. actually truly in front of you and what's for important. Sure. So what I did was I pushed the pause button on the SkyFit Challenge for a little bit. But now we're getting back into doing the SkyFit Challenge and we've just revamped it and we're, uh, we're inviting people, new people into this challenge as, 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 you know, as of now. And so when we did this originally, it was $500, but um, I'm, I want more people to experience this and it's, it's more about community now for me. So I'm just, I open, I'm opening it up for $97 for people to come into this and do this. Obviously we want good people like the people you and I were talking about. Um, if there's, you know, if there's ever an issue and somebody's not necessarily, you know, jiving with the community and it doesn't seem like a good fit. I, I, I don't care about $97. They can have mo- their money back and be on their way. You know, they, they have seen the workouts, big deal. You know, it's, yeah. for me, it's really about, you know, a community of people that are really uh, dedicated to creating a new lifestyle for themselves. So that's, so if somebody's interested in doing that, go to skyfitchallenge.com. Uh, and there you can, you can check out um, some uh, videos there, some before and after pictures there, and some more information about the Skype Challenge. But, uh, and then you can just sign up to purchase there, and then you'll be redirected to ask to join the community, and everything takes place within, a Skype, within the Facebook group. 
So that's skyfitchallenge.com. I'll put it in the show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. And this is your lucky day because Rob got back to me. I'm just cutting in here later as I edit the interview. And he is offering you 50% off the SkyFit Challenge. And all you have to do is go to skyfitchallenge.com and put in the coupon code MMP50. MMP50 and get a 50% reduction on the price of the SkyFit Challenge. So there you go. Rob, it has been absolutely fantastic talking to you. I mean, you're changing lives. You're making things happen. You're so, you're so I don't know, so inspiring. So thank you for being the person you are. It's great talking to you, Rob. I appreciate that, Bruce. And thank you for having me. I, I really do uh, appreciate your time and, this, and, the, and the opportunity to be here in front of your audience. Yeah, my pleasure. This was, this was great. Awesome. Take care. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, the Waves of Content Meditation. It's a guided meditation just for you, Mindful Tribe. It's free and it's very, very helpful to help you relax and get more focused. With more focus, you can get more things done in life that truly matter to you. On this meditation, I talk about waves and how the waves can bring you the more calm and more relaxed life you've been looking for. Download this guided meditation to calm your mind and relax your body. Mindfulnessmode.com slash waves of content. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.